Hi, I'm Christina Rodenbeck, and I'm here with my friend Sally Kirkman to talk you through the astrology of the month ahead. We meet once a month. I'm from the Oxford Astrologer. You can find my website by webbing. And uh, Sally is from sallykirkman.com. And you can find her website also by searching the internet. Um, And we both uh, write and do other stuff as well. So um, it's worth having a little look around. Anyway, welcome. Hello, Sally. Hello, Christina. Nice to see you on Zoom yet again. (laughs) Yeah, but I can look deep into your eyes, kind of. Um, Uh, as we speak what a month oh my god Mm, I know it's not been easy has it (laughs) it's been I mean we always said the last bit of Mars in Aries was hairy yes um and thought that this was you know I was actually thinking oh phew we're nearly there nearly at the end um just you know you could see the finish line thinking we're gonna get through that finish line without the red button being pressed or anything and then boom mm. capitol hill riot capital riot yeah. rather yeah yeah um no. and that was uh shock well that was when mars was at 29 degrees at aries right and then tipped into taurus yeah it was the the transition point wasn't it mm. it mm. was um scary very scary very mars force fury warriors Warriors, yeah, God of and War. And that guy dressed up with the horns, like the cow, were they cow horns? Like yeah. when Mars went into Taurus, there was the cow guy. Um, mm. Or, yeah, and his very silly outfit, if you don't mm. mind my saying so. Mm. Uh, yeah, it was very frightening. Was- uh, but it's not, I mean, you know, we don't want to, uh, we're recording this on, what? what's the day today? You know, we haven't got to the, on the 14th of January, I think we should say yeah. that. So we still are feeling that we have a few more days, even though Mars has gone into Taurus, which does mean that Mars is less strong. It's weak in there. Mm. It's making these contacts, which are aggressive. Mm. Um, And, you know, there's... um, So we'll talk about the inauguration and stuff when we get to looking at the month ahead. But, you know, we're not out of the woods quite yet. No. We're getting there. It's a a fizzing uh, week. Though, mm-hmm. that we're in the middle of so but we're supposed to do retrodiction aren't we yes and i do want to talk about um well um, my retrodiction has been very much kind of i feel like i've been in the grip of the astrology because i am in i'm in london i'm kind of i want to say i'm homeless but i'm not i'm staying with a friend <laughs> <laughs> i kind of don't have a permanent base at the moment but i'm you know very lucky to have a <laughs> not doing a podcast from a cardboard box under Waterloo Bridge no I'm not I'm so you know I need to um, it's not that I'm homeless homeless but I'm sort of temporary home um and of course really you know this past month December the 21st Jupiter Saturn we went into tier four restrictions in London and then subsequently we've moved into lockdown so you know we've got this this whole um this this reigniting of the Saturn moving into Aquarius, which was the lockdown situation in the UK and many other countries around the world, first time around, March 22nd to July the 1st, 2020. Saturn's back in Aquarius. And I think, you know, many astrologers, I hope that Jupiter would help in some way. (laughs) It would kind of 
Jupiter's freedom, it would sort of be a bit feel more expansive, but actually it's expanded the Saturn in Aquarius, which is so strong in its sign of rulership in Aquarius. And it's kind of made for, a, you know, the virus rapidly spreading um, and the lockdown situation feels worse, actually. Personally, I have got Saturn transits going on. And when you talk about tier four restrictions and lockdown, that's what Saturn feels like. You feel hemmed in, you feel stuck, you feel halted. You don't have freedom. You can't move the way you want to. So I haven't been enjoying that, Christina, personally. Yeah, I've been spending a lot of time in my head, of course. That's my, you know, because I'm uh, Pisces. So I spend a lot of time in my imagination and in other places in my head. So I'm actually, uh, my kind of response to this has been that I'm, one thing I'm doing is I'm doing a, um, a Harvard X, which is like an online Harvard course on China, which has taken me into Neolithic China. So I'm spending a lot of time looking at bronzes online, which actually is very calming and relaxing. It's going into the past and it's very, you know, that's nice. And also I, I realize that China is quite a, an Aquarian place, uh, you know, mm-hmm. even modern China has uh, Aquarius rising and the moon in Aquarius. And so many of the early, um, the founding myths of China are really Aquarian. One of their main myths is, um, you know, we have the story of Noah, Noah's Ark, right? Which is like Noah gets in the Ark, all the animals, everybody else can just bog off if you're not related to the Noah family, the family. Um, or, a, you know, one of a pair of mice or whatever, or a pair of cockroaches even. Uh, if you're not included in the ark, you're, what's the word? You're not toast. You're like drowned around. You're, that's it. It's over for you. Chinese version of the, of the blood myth is that the king asked someone to sort out this flood business because, you know, it was drowning people. It was really bad. So uh, a flood sorter out, or his name I forget, goes out and he builds canals for 10 years. And fixes the flood by making canals and rescues everybody. Okay. <laughs> and I cannot think of a greater contrast, a cultural contrast than those two ideas of early early flood stories. He's, um, the, li- he's the literal Aquarius water bearer, isn't he? Absolutely. Irrigation channels. <laughs> that is the, an Aquarian story, yeah. you know, as opposed to, I don't know, what would you call Noah's Ark? Like a Pisces story. Like it I give feels, up, yeah. I mean, the you know. Flood to be Pisces hasn't it and you and, and it's you know there's a lot of sacrifice you need you be not it on you sacrifice you you surrender to yeah. <laughs> the flood so it feels much more Pisces story but that that's really Aquarian I like that which is good because we're moving into Aquarius territory now aren't we the sun moves into Aquarius on January the 19th um it is January the 19th isn't it um yeah. until February the 18th is it the 19th or is it yes the it is I've just yeah. I'm just looking at that no, inauguration no, it's the, chart. It's the 19th. Yeah, it's it's late on the 19th this year that it moves okay. in. So, yeah, so it's Aquarian month coming up, isn't it? Um, yeah, so we love, I love Aquarians. I, and, you know, it's, you know, it's your month, it's your year, it's your time, Aquarius, isn't it? I mean, geez. Um, but uh, we, were, we usually talk about famous Aquarians we know um, or don't know. We've heard of vaguely. Um, our favorite one at the moment is Harry Styles obviously Um, I wrote a piece about him on my website 
but he, as you were saying just before we started, has found a lovely older woman, which is very appropriate yes. for an Aquarian. Yeah, it's unconventional always. Never yeah. do the what they're meant to do. Good <laughs> in relationships or otherwise. Yeah, yeah that's that's great, isn't it? So that's like that's a good Aquarius story. Um, oh, Harry. Um, I've been discovering some Aquarians as well. Mm. Um, and the thing I love about Aquarius actually is that, you know, they are outsiders. They're sort of eccentrics. And I was reading this book this week called The Living Mountain by a woman called Nan Shepherd. She lived in the Cairngorms and she wrote this novel sort of, I don't know, around the mid 20th, um, the middle of last century. And then it got sort of rediscovered and published. And she's such, she's wonderful. She's educated, traveled, but she kept going back to the Cairngorms and she writes this, this sort of beautiful, almost stream of consciousness about, about the mountains, her place. And I kind of knew, you know, when you know, I thought, I bet she's an Aquarius because she's just, you know, she's her own person. She's a bit of an outsider and she just loved being, you know, actually away from people, which is quite interesting for Aquarius, isn't it? But I mean, one of the social air signs, but there is this theme of being an outsider as well. Yeah, and she is an Aquarius, so I was quite pleased about finding out that she was one of the tribe. I find that Aquarians, you know, that they, they it's interesting because Aquarius is a social sign. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's an air sign. You know, Charles Dickens is another great Aquarian. And but and he's in a great example of how he's an amazing at understanding other people and giving mm-hmm. them all voice and how his, his novels are just populated by incredible characters. The other thing I'm doing as well as China, I'm also listening to Nicholas Nickleby which is one of his earlier novels. And it's really, really funny. And I have to say that everybody should know about Wackford Squares in Nicholas Nickleby, who is the evil schoolmaster who feeds his children, feeds the children like one crust of bread and some water at this school. And it made me think of what's been happening in Britain, which is this huge scandal has erupted around how... Uh, needy children how little needy children are being given to eat here did you see yeah. those pictures on twitter um, absolutely shocking uh but that 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 meanness and stinginess can be quite satin in aquarius as well i think just you're only going to get as much the very smallest the least of what i think you can have is a saturnian thing what I was saying about Dickens is that, of course, you know, he's really Aquarian, very, very social. He had lots of friends. People loved him. But he did need to spend long, long periods walking by himself. He would walk all the way out to wherever his place was in. Mm. Where did he live? Out in the, you know, uh, was it the isle? Out towards the Isle of Thanet, wasn't it? Um, in order to think. So he did both those Aquarian things. And I think that is an Aquarian need is to be completely alone with your thoughts because this is air sometimes but also to be fed and nourished by the social interchange too yeah and and another person I just want to again who I I was watching a documentary on is Sebastian Salgado do you know him he's a he does fantastic black and white photos he's a social documentary photographer he's an Aquarian too so he does these great opuses I mean the one's called workers one's called migrants which again fits this, well, it fits the sort of systematic side of Aquarius. Um, and also him, you know, literally documenting people in society. And, and he's really interested in documenting 
and particularly with workers, you know, the trades that were going to vanish, the jobs that were going to be no more. He wanted a record of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, he has this ability to be on his own, but amongst other people. Yeah, so that's a great example. I mean, if anybody's listening to this, that you should, I'm sure his stuff is out there on the internet. You should really, really have a look because mm-hmm. he did those incredible pictures. I remember him from the 1980s, actually. Sebastião, he's a Brazilian. Um, so I've got those incredible pictures of miners. Yeah, yeah. A gold mine, isn't it, in Brazil? I think a it was gold mine in Brazil and also shipwreckers in India and these very, um, these ta- tasks which take, the very poorest people in, in huge teams of them. Mm. Um, and he br- brings what he does is, and this is also very Dickens's Dickens is that he makes them, makes you see their humanity and also see that they're being treated inhumanely at the yeah. same time. Yeah. And that is very Aquarian to, to see. And with a quite a cool eye to be able to do that. You know, without getting kind of emotionally kind of, you know, without crying as you're trying to take the the photograph yeah. to be able to do that. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's, I think Aquarius for me, there, there is an emotional detachment yeah. to the star sign Aquarius. And sometimes that can be useful. Like for him, it must have been, he couldn't have done those kind of projects without being able to, you know, step back and cut himself off emotionally when yeah. it was needed, um, you know, in the right place. Then that's the ideal thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, that's a great connection that we've made there, Sally. Dickens and Sebastião Salgado. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, true. Well, and they're both great recorders of, hu- the, of human misery, frankly. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, and, and humanity. And they're also both, in, in a sense, journalistic, but not in that detailed way that Gemini is, but in with a broad brush stroke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> So we're moving into Aquarius season. What's coming up? What have we got to look forward to? <laughs> well, I mean, we need to, we let's just uh, tackle that inauguration because yeah. it happens immediately, and it's it's the first chart of the month because it's the twentieth. Yeah. Um, and you know, as the sun is at zero degrees Aquarius, which it always is with an uh, uh, an American inauguration, uh, the Biden inauguration. Um, there's also the conjunction of Mars and Uranus on the same day and the moon's at 29 degrees on that midday chart in washington dc 29 aries uh, sorry 29 aries so that's so it's pretty fierce little chart there isn't it it is it is it's you know mars and you know looking at the chart i would have i would love it to be another day really i don't think um because it's a trigger mars uranus is this trigger moon aries at 29 is picking up the mars at 29 so it does look you know it looks quite dangerous i mean we've just been talking about it kind of you know the hope is that with that mars uranus that something radical happens to to change the format or we were talking about you know maybe they'll do it change the day or maybe you could do it sort of a different time or something else i mean you had other ideas didn't you christina well they might do it in camera they might do it um you know not have such a public thing uh, I say that because also Pluto's on the midheaven on the, at that time. So it might be quite useful um, to not make it such a big public hoo-ha. Um, yeah. However, I mean, I also just think that there, that there has to be a radical response to the rebels um, and the, 
this Mars-Uranus conjunction, which is explosive incendiary. I mean, this is electricity meets fire, okay? It's doing it in an earth sign, which might be slightly better. Um, and Mars is in detriment in Taurus, so it means it's weaker. You saw that weakening as uh, during the Capitol riots. The riots themselves, they sparked off at 29 degrees Aries. And then when Mars moved into Taurus, they s- started to settle down. Okay, so you literally saw that happening, what yeah. happens when Mars moves from one sign to another. Uh, but it's also making a square to Saturn Jupiter conjunction in in Aquarius Saturn is stronger Saturn does represent the government yeah um so i that makes me feel more confident that the government and the forces of law will um will prevail but i also think there could be a surprise rebellion from somewhere unexpected yeah uh so, you know, it's a very fraught chart, but yeah. if you consider it also as the birth chart of the administration, well, this is a very radical administration. Yeah, real new beginnings in a way, Absolutely. isn't it? Absolutely. Because the sun itself in the chart makes a conjunction to the grand conjunction that we just had. So this is a radical new beginning of possibly, you know, a, Having said that, I mean, obviously, all the suns are always at zero degrees Aquarius for inaugurations, or they have been for a long time. But still, this is the first such sun since the Grand Conjunction. So this is a new beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will have to be radical because of that, what's happening with Uranus and Mars. Yeah. And kind of on a personal, you know, personal level for people, whenever I see a Mars-Uranus conjunction, it's not a day to do anything foolhardy or Absolutely. overly impulsive. You know, don't go bungee jumping or... <laughs> it's accident prone it has accidents yeah it's a real accident prone chart so particularly victorians for example you know it's it's not a day to take huge physical risks at all i would i would just make that a blanket thing for everybody (laughs) yeah um especially since the moon is also involved yes um later in the day so you know that's your cancer cancerians your uh uh scorpios your Aries even, you know, you don't want to be having, you know, this is accident prone. It's, mm-hmm. it's tripping over your taser <laughs> and tasing yourself um, or whatever. That's what one of those rioters did, isn't it? Um, so, yes, I, I think that's very good advice. I think it's advice for everybody, especially Taurus, um, especially, oh, I don't know, um, you know, Libra as well. Um, yeah, Libra, I think, because it's uh, sixth house, isn't it? Yeah, House. just about everybody should should watch out. Um, mm. And, you know, then it moves on. Yeah. You know, so it's not sort of, it's not like, oh, my God, you have to you know, spend a week worrying about having an accident. But, you know, really on that day mm. um, and, you know, maybe a day either side, I wouldn't be, you know, going stock car racing. Yeah. And, you know, the, also the, the Mars will stay in, it stays in Taurus, doesn't it? But it moves away from Uranus. So, you know, Mars in, in Taurus all month, therefore Taurians, this is, this is a good month for you to, to get active, to, to get out. They get physical as well. Um, but, you know, just avoiding that Mars-Uranus conjunction on the 20th, really. It's um, a great day. It's a great month and a day for Taurians to actually just start something. Yeah. You know? Um, it's like give it it's like a trigger 
you know, if you need to some get up and go to do something, that Mars Uranus is like, boom, you know, yeah. let's start this, you know, whatever it is. And for, for, um, I'm just thinking about my, my daughter who is a Taurus as a, I was about to say a radical makeover. And I thought, <laughs> yes, I, we've had that in this household. <laughs> uh, my daughter who is a Taurus with Venus in Aries on that day of the rites had actually decided to bleach her entire head with, um, well, with bleach. And I have to say, she went from being a rather sultry and tawny beauty to being someone with bleached hair. Thank God she's dyed it pink now. Let's put it like that. Let's <laughs> being true to her Venus in Aries, which is to, you know, be a bit of a redhead, but she's now a pink head. Um, but yes, radical makeover might be on the cards for certain Torians. <laughs> and it's not a bad month to do it, actually. Shock everybody. You know, you you be the person to deliver the shock. Well, yes, we have that already. Mm. Um, so actually, what's she going to do to her hair on that day? <laughs> you need to keep close taps on her on that day. <laughs> I have no control over the situation. I'm just the audience, you know. <laughs> you just wait and see what happens when she comes out of the bedroom and <laughs> says, hi! <laughs> Changing things around a little bit. Yeah, that's so. it's so Uranian, though, isn't it? To yeah. suddenly have completely yeah. mad pink hair it actually looks great the pink the the yellow was not so great yeah yeah and, and you know at the moment why why not in a way you know we're we, a lot of us are sort of pretty fed up and bored and trying to kind of keep sane and you know doing something a bit mad but the way you look or whatever kind of, yeah, kind of like, why not? not you know well and also it's electric pink. Can I just say that's also very Uranian. It's very Uranian. Okay. Um, so Scorpio's your partner may be doing something like that, just to warn you, you know, you thought the, your partner was this nice, settled, uh, lovable, cuddly Taurus. Well, they're going to turn up with pink hair and, a, you know, a, a new tattoo. Tattoos or and a few piercings probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, um, that's kind of, it's a really, it's a lively, volatile, exciting invigorating start isn't it to this month um with that mars uranus but what about should we talk about the full moon that's coming up at the end of the month yeah let me, just, let me find my chart for that um, um would, january 28th go on you want yeah, to say something else i just want to say that also mars uranus uh for leo is really really important because yeah. you also may have some shock or surprise that's to do with your work with your career with your public image um so that counts for you know leo and leo rising uh you know it could be that there's a shocking new regime at work for instance mm-hmm. um or that your boss delivers a shock or that you're going to take your career in a surprising new direction and it starts now it starts this month yeah um so it's actually pretty important for them too mm-hmm. let me just pop that inauguration away so do you have something to say about this new moon or was the it the full moon? moon? Yeah. Well, I kind of like this full moon. You know, it's on January the 28th. Um, it's cutting across the Leo Aquarius axis um, of the Zodiac. The thing I really like about it is that it pulls in Jupiter. 
um, very closely. It's the closest aspect. There's a Sun-Jupiter conjunction, and that's actually exact on the 29th in Aquarius. You know, traditionally, Sun-Jupiter connections, they're, they're fortunate. They're, yeah. They bring opportunity. They bring growth. They're expansive. You know, and things come in on Jupiter um, when Jupiter's strong. It often promises success. So, so lucky, it's one of the luckiest days of the year, actually, isn't it? I mean, yeah. for certain people, it, it really is because yeah. it's not often you get an exact conjunction of the sun and Jupiter mm. on that full moon. And yeah, so it's fabulously lucky, for example, for Leos and for Aquarians. Leos, you know, your partner or something that your partner is taking off, you know, or your love life is taking off at this point, yeah. um, you know, or you may meet someone really important. Um Again, did and for for um, Taurus. Again, this is about work. It's about people who you um, you may meet an important boss. You may get a promotion. Someone may actually realize you're absolutely brilliant and fantastic. You know, this may be the moment that you get your publishing deal or whatever it is, or your place in art school, or your you know, it's recognition for Taurus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for well, the, the, for both Taurus and Scorpio, this is the sort of homework axis, isn't it? So it can mm. be recognition at work, but also it can be movement around home or family. Mm. You know, mm. something that I don't know if you've been kind of stuck somewhere and it's it's not been right. Then maybe there's a move that you can make at the end of the month that um, is a good move. It's a positive one. So I think for Taurus and Scorpio, this is very much about the home work access the foundations of your life scorpio hey sally do you think you might move into a mansion on that full moon is that the plan <laughs> that's what i'd like to do actually wouldn't that be nice yeah yeah because and you know i mean if you're going to move house scorpio this would be or look at house hunting this is very yeah. fortunate i mean it's yeah. really straight astrology yeah you know? um it's a good time yeah it is a good time so um it's also lucky i mean this this sun um the fact that the sun and jupiter make a conjunction on the full moon also means that the following two weeks have this kind of lucky cast to them as well i think Mm. for certain people i do think that particularly for librans rather lucky in love possibly or lucky in romance you know this is a time for libra to take a risk Mm. um make a gamble to you know uh put put a bet on pleasure you know it looks fun actually or to get pregnant (laughs) to get pregnant indeed what do you think about all this aquarian energy in february well it's interesting isn't it because we have mercury retrograde yeah um on the 30th you know mercury turns retrograde on the 30th of january and then is retrograde until the 21st so it feels like there's this sort of whoosh of energy that really comes at the end of january and then mercury comes turns direction and it feels to me like you're sorting things out or you're doing the i don't know organizing stuff for um you know doing the research for what's kind of come about um you know, and almost you need to take a step back and, and start looking at the details of it. So that's the kind of, you know, with Mercury retrograde, it's it's sort of, it's it's shifting things in a way, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think the Mercury retrograde is kind of fortunate 
in a way, because I think there's too much Aquarius. I think when you have too much energy in one sign, it's always too much, do you mm. know? Mm. Uh, so we had too much energy in Capricorn in 2020, and we have too much energy in Aquarius, yeah. especially this month. And it's overwhelming for other signs, and even for Aquarians, you know, there's a big rush of energy. It's lucky for Aquarians. I mean, you, like I said at the beginning, this is the Aquarius year. You need to be taking the risk, making the that leap of faith. But it's like you can t- trip over your feet because there's just so much push, so much pushing forward. And mm-hmm. I think that the Mercury retrograde gives us a chance to step back and yeah. assess and just say think again about stuff so i'm seeing february as like a massive rush forward but also as profoundly experimental yeah um which worries me a little bit with this vaccine uh rollout which is incredibly aquarian again a rollout of a plan is an aquarian thing to do to have a big plan and roll it out Mm. it seems to me that there is an experimental aspect to this rollout Mm. um and the Mercury retrograde suggests that there may be some adjustments that need to be made. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. You, and and that is, that's important to do so, isn't it? It is important to, to do that. You need to be discerning. You need to kind of, and I think that's probably happening, but, um, you know, you need to look at the kind of the research or um, the, the proof of what you've got so far. Very, it's very, go on. Uh, Aquarius is a, is a science sign. You know, yeah. this is a sign that we associate with just science in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and having a hypothesis, in fact, mm-hmm. is a kind of Aquarian thing to do, having a hypothesis and then trying to prove it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can see that, you know, one of the, the results of COVID already has been this massive cooperation internationally between scientists. Mm. um with the dna sequencing blah 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 and all of that and this is the this is kind of the rollout of that the result of all that cooperation is now coming into effect and it's being put you can think of aquarius although it's two zigzaggy things it's also like two tram lines you know things being pushed forward on some tracks um and there will be pushback again against this uh because of the mars uranus conjunction making a square there will mm-hmm. be individuals who are not going to go along with this. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we know that. And that's, mm. that's always, you know, that's always going to be the case in a way, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the the new moon, sorry, the full moon on the 28th of January puts the Mars-Uranus conjunction on the, it's on the, uh, on the halfway mark between that, that uh, full moon. So it's still very, very activated. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and this is this is it is a big theme at the moment, isn't it? Because we've got these major planetary aspects which are bookending this month as well. Mm. Um, I mean, the Jupiter Uranus one is going to happen after we've spoken before mm. the podcast goes out. Yeah. Jupiter Aquarius square Uranus in Taurus on the seventeenth mm. of January, and then there's the first of three Saturn Uranus squares, Saturn Aquarius square Uranus Taurus, and that comes in on. February the 17th there'll be two more of those one in June and one in December you know and this it's it's classic isn't it because Saturn in Aquarius is 
it's what the science says, it's kind of the technological side of things, uh, what the government says. And Uranus in Taurus is going to be the individual. It's going to be, you know, people wanting freedom of choice, um, not wanting to go down that the vaccine route. I mean, I think it's going to be one of the one of the ways that this Saturn Uranus square plays out. There'll be well, other things of it as well, but it's certainly one way. Um, and both of those planets well first of all they both are rulers of aquarius which is interesting in itself so these are both aquarian planets and aquarius is a it's it's great that it has this modern ruler because saturn never really explained aquarius enough you know and and aquarians are this dual thing that we were talking about these two they have these two natures the saturn nature and the uranus nature Mm -hmm. and those two natures are conflicting with each other but the saturn is going to win i think because saturn is stronger when it's in aquarius mm-hmm. um but both of those are quite sciencey you mm-hmm. know i we uh associate uranus with the flash of insight um also with the creation of monsters you know frankenstein is a uranian creature um mm-hmm. but we associate uranus with this flash of insight with brilliance with um, um, amazing understanding. And we associate Saturn with, you know, step-by-step lab work, checking things, making sure, you know, doing things according to the rules, um, doing things by the book. Um, So these two working together, because although they're in conflict, which they are because of the square, for most of the year and it's very very strong okay in february this is why we're discussing it now um working although they're in conflict they are this conflict may create something new and that's quite interesting in itself there may be like a third way because through squares you get dynamism yeah you get sort of forward momentum yeah and I, also i kind of feel with this square as well that, you know, you need to, when you, when you go to square, it is kind of a similar um, dynamic to the opposition that mm. ideally you want to look at both ends of the spectrum of the, of the axis and bring them together. So there's a real tendency with Saturn square Uranus that you might, if you go too far to the Uranus end, you chuck out everything that you've built so far or that's, you know, been established and you can just go too far to the, no, it has to be completely new. And the same with the Saturn, you dig in and we've got to do it this way, the way we've always done, we've got to do it the traditional way. Um, but ideally you want to, you know, you want to bring the two together. You want mm-hmm. to have, keep what's of value and add something new to it. And I'm saying that as well. So people get an idea of what this might mean, you know, in their own lives when mm-hmm. you, when you look at where the Saturn Uranus falls in your in your chart yeah it's a combination of innovation which i mean you could just boil it down to that you know uranus is innovation and breakthrough Mm. uh but it's in taurus so it's practical you know practical innovations Mm. uh with saturn which is about testing making sure that things are actually tested properly Mm. yeah um so what we need is both those things yes yeah um and what you will need somewhere in your life this will be going on somewhere in your life I mean, obviously, it's hard not to think of the vaccine every time you look at those two mm. planets working together to mm. think, yes, innovation, but testing, please. Yeah. Um, and also, I think that one of the things, speaking of testing and Aquarius, which is the populace, the common people, these testing programs are going to get more oomph behind them during February. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's that's there's also the essential side of the Mercury retrograde, isn't it? Retest, yeah. review, yeah. <laughs> yeah. reconsider, look again. That is classic Mercury retrograde, especially in Aquarius. I also think, you know, this if if you're feeling kind of wired or buzzed out or the news is too much, this Mercury retrograde is a great time to switch off a bit, mm. isn't it? To to unplug to you know take a step back so you can actually think I've, I'm finding it quite hard to think sometimes because it's mm. life feels so intense the news is so intense so you know for some people in particular this mercury retrograde could be a very good time to to literally switch off to yeah switch off and unplug come away from social media you know just just take a step back so you can actually allow allow yourself to think yeah I recommend Neolithic China as a very restful place great i'll be joining you (laughs) that's where we're heading um yeah no you're right about the mercury retrograde in aquarius don't forget that aquarius is also the sign of the internet so i would expect there may be some issues with communications so if you have if you're planning on a sort of big communications thingy um i would put it off until mercury goes direct I would get it all planned and do all the snagging and, you know, get ready to launch it. But I would not do it in the middle of this. Basically, it's like a hurricane of air energy. Mm. Even though I love the Sun-Jupiter conjunction on the full moon in January. What Mm. about that new moon? Oh, well, I was just about to mention the new moon because the new moon on February the 11th is quite a standout new moon of the year. (laughs) It's insane. It is insane. It's bonkers Aquarius energy. This is why we're kind of talking about this overload of stuff in Aquarius. I mean, six of the traditional planetary bodies are going to be in Aquarius. So that's Sun, Moon, Mercury, Venus, Jupiter, Saturn. The only one who's not is Mars, which is squaring them in Taurus. And this really is the first time I think this has happened since 1962. In February 4 and 5, 1962, if you were born then, you actually would have had all seven traditional planetary bodies, including Mars in Aquarius. That's the real, you know, Aquarian um, whoosh, (laughs) an Aquarian whoosh of energy. And we've got another one coming on this new moon on February the 11th. So wherever Aquarius falls in your horoscope, it's full on, isn't it? It's, It's kind of exciting. It can be overwhelming, I would think, immediately. But, um, but yeah, full-on energy. Uh, yeah, it's exhausting. Pallas Athena, of course, is in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's making a conjunction to that new moon. So it is a fantastic new moon for making a plan, Yeah, you know, uh, for having a big plan, or for just having a very cool, cold look at the situation, whatever the situation is for you. And the... You know, it'll be different for each of us. But, you know, for example, uh, I don't know, say Sagittarius, that situation is all about your communications, probably. And your brothers, brothers, maybe your brother and sister, maybe your neighbors. That whole area is just completely wired and full of this air energy. And the new moon, I think, well, new moon is often a moment to restart things. But I don't think you're going to have any choice about this. It's not like your... Um, in charge no one's in charge here really uh you just have to go with the the, it's not even the flow the the uh blow you go have to go with the blow of the energy um 
so, but Pallas Athena gives you that chance to step back a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. and to, to witness the situation, witness mm-hmm. what's going on. And being a witness is very, very important. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a hugely objective star sign Aquarius, isn't it? Yep. it I mean, Aquarians have that ability actually to stand back and observe. Yeah, Just, and no. Pallas Athena loves being in, in Aquarius, I believe. I believe it's her, you know, um, one of her favorite places is Aquarius because her energy just works so well in there. Uh, And she's there for, you know, this, she's been there for a while, but she's been, and she's been involved in, you know, this sort of grand, grand conjunction. Now she's involved with this new moon. So this, one of the important aspects of our current history is the citizen journalist, the citizen witness of events. And if you are caught up in something, witnessing something, don't um, underestimate the value of your contribution. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. No, it's, it, it's, it's an important, it's a really important time. Um, you know, I think also just thinking about some of the other star signs, there's, this is February is really intriguing for me for both Gemini and Virgo. And I say yeah. that because ruled by Mercury and Mercury is retrograde for most of the month um and so therefore you know wherever this Aquarius energy is falling in your chart it is a real time to review look at maybe some new ideas around these things and so for Gemini that's well travel is one <laughs> I'm not sure how many of us can travel at the moment good luck with that Gemini if you can, and if you can then obviously that's the time to be reviewing travel options but it's also study it's also qualifications it's also learning um, you know, and Saturn, the rule of Aquarius, likes to do things, you know, properly, thoroughly for the long term. So it might be looking at signing up, you know, for a two to three year course as well. And then with Virgo, it's it falls in your work and health sector. So it's these areas that you need to kind of review, look at doing things um, in a new way or differently or bringing something alternative or modern or future oriented to the mix because that is what Aquarius is best at and particularly with its um, you know Uranus archetype it's doing something different you've never done before mm-hmm. so it's a really good time I think for reviewing these things. I also just think Virgos are going to be very very um, working really hard you know they may just have a lot on their plate with this when you get this level of energy in your sixth house house which is what's happening for virgos you often just are running to keep up and it's very important and this is an, a point for everyone and it's a point about the year ahead which is to it's a year of schedules you know of timekeeping so very difficult for people like me i have to say who who are not like that um but it's an important year for getting your schedules right especially for virgos um and this month it may feel like you are just going tack 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 one thing next thing next thing next thing um you Mm -hmm. won't have time to sort of breathe i think um don't worry it's not forever It's, it's really focused on this month that that strong energy um yeah who else scorpio of course we said this could be to do with your home you know it's moving house or it's the family you know maybe that the scorpios it just looks like you have like five billion people in your house and it's too much you know it's like the neighbors have moved in um 
And even I would say, again, for Sagittarius, it's like you have too many neighbors, you know, or your, your entire family has moved into your house. Mm. Um, yeah. And also it, it could be that that means that you can't think there's so yeah. much going on it that you can't think again. You know, I know as a Scorpion myself, I really, there's a side of me that really wants to be on my own at the moment, just so I can, you know, have some downtime and sort of process things and be able to think um, because there's too much noise going on. That's, that's kind of, you know, that's the feel of it. Um, I mean, also this, what's interesting for me at this new moon stage on February the 11th, Jupiter is back in here in a big way because um, there's two more quite important conjunctions. There's a Venus-Jupiter conjunction in Aquarius on February the 11th, actually the same it's day. The same as the day. Moon. Yeah. And then there's a Mercury-Jupiter conjunction on the 14th. So, you know, this this new moon could, it could pull some surprises in a good way. It could bring in news and information. I'm thinking particularly now for Sagittarius, as yeah. Jupiter's your planet. You know, there could be some really good news. There could be reason to celebrate. There could be something that's fortuitous about this new moon because of what the role that Jupiter's taking on as well. It's interesting, isn't it? Because there's two lucky things. I mean, the, the full moon's got this very, very lucky aspect and this new moon has a fantastically lucky aspect. Hmm. I think for Librans, this is like, you know, love affairs, get out there. You know, uh, you are going to meet that knight in shining armor via interweb thingy. What's What do people use? What dating apps do people use these days? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> in that way. Or, or buy or as a friend of mine was saying buy the cheese counter in the supermarket you know somewhere very kind of common that's quite an aquarian thing too someone really somewhere like crazy ordinary yeah but this it's for me it's online dating i mean you know yeah, we, of course we can't meet up and aquarius is online stuff so it's it's get online if you're interested in meeting someone libra here's your opportunity yeah and go do it you know explore um, two star signs as well that I think this February is going to be quite interesting for is Cancer and Capricorn. Um, who I don't. Well, know they're just relieved. <laughs> no, they could just. And also, let's face it: certain Capricorns we know will be just raking in the money. You know, that's what this is about. It's all that massive era. You may be pouring the money; may also be blowing out as well. Well, it's extreme, but isn't it? It's, it's extreme really finance. extreme. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, it's certain people, e.g. Mr. Bezos and other Capricorns, are going to be, you know, bajillions are coming in. And I, I'm just thinking about those pharmaceutical companies as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Capricorn, this is all about your resources. Yeah. Yes, it is. And cancer as well. This is, I mean, I know Cancerians, it's joint finances, yeah. it's shared resources. Um, so it is a time when you're probably going to be reviewing these um, connections, these associations. And I actually know the Cancerian friend is doing just that, mm. sorting things out financially to make sure, you know, she's looking at the long term future um, and needing to sort of reassess, review work things out and create some new contracts, new associations as well. So for cancer in particular, probably going to be looking at all of that. It might be inheritance. It might be, you know, money that's coming your way or again, expenses going out. It is one of the financial sectors of the chart, but it also rules other things too. 
It is sort of debt and inheritance, isn't it, for cancerians? You you may inherit more than you thought. You know, there may be something like that. Mm. Or you could find bigger debts as well. Mm. Uh, It's also, I mean, just it's got an esoteric aspect for cancerians as well. Mm -hmm. This huge energy in there. And you may be changing, you know, it's this may be a year and particularly a month where you're changing some long held beliefs that you've had or long held habits that Mm. have been, that are very deeply ingrained or so ingrained that you didn't know you have them. Um, Those could be, this could be a time to change those. Mm. Um, So it's quite interesting. I mean, Pisces is another sign that we haven't really addressed. Mm. Um, And of course we're building up to Pisces, uh, birthday they on next month yep. um but all of this energy is in your 12th house pisces mm. you're which, going on retreat christina <laughs> no but i am going to go to neolithic china <laughs> yeah you're going you're going on retreat in your head again in my head and i actually think this is thinking about this i hadn't really thought about myself with this but of course that is a good thing to do when you've got a very packed 12th house is to go into the past yeah. and the to you know it could be your own ancestral past or it could be your the dream landscape that you have inside your head is incredibly rich and powerful mm-hmm. um so you know if you're interested in sort of shamanic journeys that kind of thing wow it's an incredible month for that mm-hmm. um and it's an amazing month for opening up and for the richness of your inner landscape to become clearer. So it's like, uh, it's a month, for example, I keep on thinking, looking at all this Aquarius energy, I keep on thinking of map makers. Um, of, but for Pisces, the geography that you are making a map of could be an inner geography. So if you know um, Jung's Red Book, that would be the kind of thing that you, Pisces, could do. Your own small red book or pink book or green book, whatever. But to map your interior world would be an interesting exercise during this time. And, you know, you don't have to actually write it in a book, but just to be paying attention to that and paying attention to sort of synchronicities and whether the, how the outside, the inner world is reflected in the outer world Mm. it's a really fascinating uh amount of energy in the 12th house and i think that it's also um quite a a less exhausting place to have it than it is for certain people you know i think it's pretty exhausting for virgo for instance and i think you need to be very careful to pace yourself and i think it's quite exhausting for aquarians too yeah yeah, and also possibly Taurus as well. Yep. You know, it's kind of that constantly thinking, what next, next steps, maybe having a lot of responsibilities lined up too with all the, you know, the, all the planetary activity in Aquarius. And honestly, Gemini as well. I mean, it looks tiring. You know, you're having to think like a demon if you're a Gemini. You've got so many things to do. You know, a lot of Geminis work in publishing or they're journalists and it's like you have 15 publishing projects 15 books to get done you know and you have to get them done very very quickly Mm. i think there are for me there are some provisos about 
February's astrology, a couple of things. I mean, mm. one is that, you know, there is such this huge emphasis on the mind and and thinking that it, you know, really kind of notice whether you do become detached from your emotions, because it's easy to get caught up in the sort of rog- um, rational, logical brain here um, and not, you know, really find your feelings, trust your feelings as well. And then the other thing is that there's so much fixed energy, you know, Taurus and Aquarius, where all the planets, all the traditional planetary bodies are going to be at the new moon. Um, they're fixed signs. So they're dogmatic. And the danger with fixed signs is that you get quite stubborn, you get quite narrow minded, actually, it's kind of I'm right, you're wrong. So I think there's also those provisos as well this month, just remember to to feel, to intuit, you know, to keep coming back to your emotions at times. I, I really agree with that, particularly the last uh, point that you're making, mm-hmm. which is um, narrow mindedness. Mm-hmm. OK, this does shout narrow mindedness, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so some of us will feel quite suffocated. Uh, there will be the thought police around or you won't be able to you won't feel free to express yourself. There will be one way of thinking, well, don't worry. You know, this is a temporary situation. The planets move on. Um, you know, but do try and keep in touch with what you yourself really think, um, because there's the thought police and there's also the problem of groupthink, which is yeah. very, very clearly marked here. Yes. Uh, and the groupthink goes in all directions, P.S., you know, so you're you'll be in, you know, there's a danger of people being, being either in or out, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so it's important for to keep your feet on the ground or your head your own because uh, it's very easy to be swayed and the other reason that i feel that's important is it's because of that neptune and pisces um which is on the and it's like it's there now and it's there for the whole month it's on the kind of halfway point between the eclipse points between the nodes and the nodes are in the are on the information axis and Pisces, Neptune and Pisces is great, fantastic for fiction, beautiful for films, and incredible for making stuff up, okay, for misinformation. And so there is still this cloud of confusion around information. Mm. And at the same time, people are making very important Aquarian decisions that may be very long lasting, um, but it's hard to have clarity. Mm. The clarity comes from Pallas Athena, I think, partly in Aquarius, which is to be very Aquarian. And that means uh, measuring things. Yeah. And if you're unsure of things or really unsure, then wait for Mercury to turn direct. Yeah. Happens next month uh, that we'll be talking on February the 21st, you know, because that often brings new information to light or it kind of reveals the truth of the situation so if you're unsure of things then then hold off until then yeah try not to be dragged into any decisions if you can avoid it uh, i would say in this storm of air energy yeah don't be bullied into them yeah because there will be people saying oh it's really obvious it's this way Mm. um so on that note christina i think it's um nearly time that we wrap up is there anything else we've not said anything else you no. listeners would need to know i don't know you know there is the, uh astrology works 
Um, <laughs> um, it's all going to be okay, I promise. Um, you know, I think the maybe the other thing is you need to hang in there. And I don't really think that lockdown is, I think that we're still in lockdown, you know. Throughout February. Yeah. With, with yes we can't really see a, a, a release can we astrologically not, we didn't not. look at it before march possibly yeah. <laughs> hopefully but yeah february it doesn't look as if there's a release to this at the moment no. and also i just want to say you know turn to your astrology aquarius is a great time when there's so many planets in aquarius you know learn your astrology find time to turn to your astrology because it can be so reassuring and helpful and give you that alternative perspective it's been an absolute lifeline for me this past year and i'm sure we'll continue to be moving forward so do remember to, to check your strategy okay great <laughs> well, see you or speak to you next month when everything's going to be post this big story it's going to be very interesting to see what happens